1: Oh my God. That took me a second to work out what that was. I thought that it was going to be the F1 theme tune, which, by the way, I have been humming to myself. Have you? I'm just going to let this play out in its entirety. No, 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 no. no, Because we're just going to get copywritten. (laughs) I'm just going to fast (laughs) forward. Does it end with...
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm basically I'm trying to what's it called uh, uh, try,
1: uh, uh, imitate, Cre- create, an, yeah. and create an what, atmosphere.
2: What's it called when you uh, imagine something so that it comes true?
1: Oh, uh, uh, um, oh the word is on my tongue.
2: It's so annoying. Uh,
1: it's manifest, manifest. I was
2: trying to manifest a moment right there. We should have um, done
1: that on the well, you we kind of did on the last podcast because it came true on this podcast. It did. Yeah.
2: Hello, one and all, and welcome to After the Checkered Flag, our F1 special series here on the Behind the Glass podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, and alongside me, my fellow F1 co-host, Paul Wallace from Supercars of London. Hello. 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 Well, I mean, welcome, because welcome to my flat.
1: Yeah. I you're
2: mean, one they... of the first guests. <laughs>
1: Through the door.
2: Through the door. Here Not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> no. Didn't actually invite you no. here. Quite <laughs>
1: unforeseen circumstances, shall we say. Uh,
2: if you're watching on the Behind the Glass YouTube channel, you'll notice a very different background to our usual backdrop for these episodes. That's because we went to the studio this evening and there was a power cut. <laughs> um, a
1: suspicious power cut right after I said that we needed a change of scenery for the new season. <laughs> <laughs> so it meant that we could not record in the studio and we have relocated
2: to my new apartment so yes welcome is very
1: lovely ladies and gentlemen I will give you a tour on my youtube channel. please don't and also leak the address it wouldn't be the first time
2: you've done either of those things um, it has been a little bit stressful getting this sort of scene set up for the recording but we are now set up and we are ready oh my god to review
1: the first race (laughs) of the 2022
2: f1 season and what a
1: race what a way to kick things off i saw those lights go out and i was like how good is it to have racing back actual racing not sandbagging testing talking about what could be should be blah 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 those 15 laps was the first time that we got to see the true pace of every single car and i was so excited i couldn't even work out what i'd done in the gap that we had between abu dhabi and now i was like what did i do on the weekends when we didn't have racing (laughs) just a blur yeah just
2: depressed sitting staring out the window going when when will it watching my heart rate come down (laughs) it it was almost too soon i think mm. for racing to return mm. as as the cars are coming around the formation lab and lining up on the grid i was like i'm not sure i'm ready for this like <laughs> it's all just still a bit
1: too raw from Abu Dhabi and that 2021 season did but- you not see all of the cars come round that final corner and line up and go they've all got their nose lift up <laughs> <laughs> oh well i mean that's one
2: thing we're going to touch on because we have so much to discuss but Moments ago, I was blaring the Italian <laughs> national anthem because yes, where is my, my, my uh,
1: Ferrari hat? Foza. Let me. Fozza, is it Fozza? How? Forza, Forza, Forza. Yeah, I, I know it in, in the Italian accent. Is it Fozza. No, fo- for- Forza 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 who am i to say why am i like oh if you want to know how to pronounce <laughs> italian paul ask me the very british man have you checked uh ferrari road car prices after that race well i'm assuming my 360 has gone up by about 20 grand
2: <laughs> um but yes unbelievable scenes as Charles Leclerc and carlos Sainz secured a one-two finish at the first race of the year delivered on their pre-season promise we spoke about it a bit in our last episode the sort of season preview but there was still as you mentioned a lot of uncertainty what was actually going to happen when we got to that first race when the lights went out and the sandbags were theoretically (laughs) removed and at least going into this weekend I think even kind of after qualifying even though Leclerc had got pole there was a feeling that actually it was Red Bull and Verstappen Mm. that were probably the quicker package hadn't really delivered on that so I at least thought going into the race that It was going to be a close battle and maybe Verstappen on race pace would be able to get the
1: upper hand. Yeah, well, I predicted in our WhatsApp group that Verstappen would be past Leclerc after corner two. I thought he would go in all guns blazing. I'm world champion. I've got number one on my car. Here are my guns. I'm coming in with my elbows out. Didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest though, you didn't just predict, predict no stuff and no, was going to be in the No, league. no, no, no. So, obviously, <laughs> since starting this podcast, we've seen Carlos signs move to Ferrari. And even then, I said, I'm not entirely sure that's the best move. I am now a full Carlos fan. <laughs> and um, I fully thought that Leclerc would buckle under pressure, as we've seen in the past. Oh, but
2: come on. Okay, so. I mean, this is something that you and Tony, I feel like have agreed back no, in January. No, no. Is there any opportunity to get under my skin, you'll take it. And you've realised that I by mean, insulting Leclerc,
1: <laughs> it, it boils my blood like nothing else. And I think me and Tony have this like unwritten agreement that any opportunity to wind you up, <laughs> we'll take it. There's
2: very few things that do wind me up, but, <laughs> but insulting Leclerc or his abilities do. And yes, in the build up to the race or to the lights out, um, uh, both Paul and Tony were going in on that. oh, Leclerc, he'll bin it in the first corner. He's never going to be lead on the end of lap one. And I knew they were just doing it to piss me off, but it worked. Um, and and yeah, I think, you know, I sort of h- half agree with you that, you know, really,
1: uh, I was expecting Verstappen to, to get that sort of, you know, that I think jump on at some point. Leclerc's race to lose is the way that I saw it. Him lining up on pole, not really knowing the true race pace of the Red Bull and also like seeing other teams up there, Bottas in with the Mercs. We saw Haas as well. I just kind of felt like we didn't really know what we were going to go into in that first 10 laps. And I just didn't back the Ferrari yeah I back Carlos just yeah.
2: not <laughs> see I, I was the opposite I think I you know I, I say I cited more I thought Verstappen and the Red Bull package looked like it was going to deliver on race pace better than the Ferrari we hadn't seen too much up in Bahrain at least or sorry, around this Grand Prix weekend of, of Ferrari's race pace so um yeah I, I was I was nervous but of course excited I
1: actually think I got two out of the three correct are you looking at your prediction yeah
2: didn't I, I say? You, didn't
1: I say? Signs P two, Lewis P three. I think
2: you might have actually. <laughs> but but, I said, and I, I think I, I said, laughed you out of the park <laughs> saying, <laughs> if
1: Hamilton's on the podium, like I did. You said <laughs> Verstappen,
2: science Hamilton, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. That, well done, you. What a dick. Um Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something which we didn't see coming, which we can touch upon as well. Lewis Hamilton somehow mm-hmm. ending up on the podium, which look, okay, fine. Six months ago, three months ago, we would have been like, yeah, duh. Um, but mm-hmm. after qualifying was like, oh wow. Yeah. They ain't no
1: sandbags. And, it, and it's not just the Mercedes car, it's Mercedes powered
2: vehicles. Oh my God. Well, I text you that right yeah. towards the end of the race before it all really kicked off with the safety car and then various retirements mm-hmm. or failures that we're going to come on to. Um, the bottom six positions and I need to remind myself of the final finishing order were made up of Mercedes powered cars and there's something going on here because if you look at it the, the teams that have most shockingly got this year wrong Mercedes within a you know okay fine they're probably a second or seven tenths to a second off the pace that's a big mess up Yeah, fine they're the third fastest teams so they're not like ninth or tenth but that's a big mess up McLaren! Oh my god! Oh my god! I almost don't want to talk about it. It's no, so upsetting. No, 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 no. Yeah, what? Yeah. I mean,
1: what? They are literally the slowest team on the grid. <laughs> uh, they were back there with Williams, and I was thinking, Jesus Christ! I mean, in the um, pre-race, no, pre-season build-up, whatever we did last weekend—I can't remember the official name—I um, <laughs> was there. going- Season preview. Yeah, I was there, going, "Yes, McLaren, Ferrari, up there with Red Bull and Mercedes," and then it just—I mean. You messaged into the group and said, I believe McLaren have not done any qualifying testing. They've just focused on race pace. And I was like, well, what good is that if you're going to qualify at the back? And they obviously didn't even have the race pace. I I actually think it's a disaster. Mm. For
2: me, I don't see them coming back from this. Like, okay, so Bahrain is a specific circuit. Yes, you can see other circuits might suit a car. They are the they are the slowest team on the mm. grid. I mean, yeah. okay, fine. Qualifying wise, Norris was thirteenth. I think Ricardo ended up at eighteenth. Yes, yeah, but a, as race pace went, they were consistently eighteenth and twentieth, seventeenth and nineteenth. Like they were right at the back with with no real show of being able to do anything. And for me, that is going to be very hard for them to overcome, even with a radical development of that car. So shocking, but of course, Mercedes power plant. Mm-hmm. Aston Martin, Mm -hmm. equally, okay, fine, last year they didn't have an amazing season, but they were stronger than they are proving to be this year. They've also gone right to the back.
1: There was a few mistakes early on from Hulkenberg with, like, a few lock-ups, obviously, like, dusting off those cobwebs, but what really could Vettel have done more? No, the the uh, pace isn't there. Yeah, exactly.
2: And then you've got to look at uh, Williams, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine, you know, they had potential we thought in Albon and at times there was some great
1: action but the pace again <laughs> you could see after I think it was like the uh, the sixth or seventh corner that whole cluster at the back all being backed up by Albon it was quite funny it was at least, crazy at least half the grid were behind him well here is as I say that
2: final finishing order of and ignoring the do not finishes we've got Hulkenberg in 17th Latifi in 16th Norris in 15th, Ricardo in 14th, and oh, wow. Albon in 13th, and Stroll in 12th. So, the last positions, those last six, that's all Mercedes power. Then it comes on to Ferrari and what they're now calling Red Bull Racing Power Unit or something, or mm. I don't know, I can't remember what they're calling it. But so it wasn't really spoken about. And I don't know enough about engine tokens and upgrades and what work, if any, had been done to the power units. There's been a lot of spoke, lot talked about with Ferrari's power unit upgrades. Sounds it, dodgy.
1: It's <laughs> considering their history. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Too soon, I think. Um, but
2: yet, clearly, not only have Ferrari and that Red Bull <clears throat> Honda unit taken big steps forward, but I wonder if there's something inherently weird about that Mercedes power unit, which is creating an issue whether it's ride height or or weight or something that's serious because it makes no sense how can it be that all the mercedes-powered cars have just had an absolute i'm going to say it shitter (laughs) i mean you know a real (laughs) shitter and mercedes is the only time i look at and think they could claw this back they could but are they going to really challenge for the championship (sighs) the way
1: that i have looked at it based on i think it was martin brundle that said it on the Saturday after qualifying that this race, each team is going to learn so much about the car that by the end of the race, the car that actually raced is going to be outdated because they're going to have so much data and inputs to be able to evolve the car. And I actually wonder whether the likes of Red Bull and Ferrari are looking at this race, given the results that they've just had being like, Hey, we're quite fast. We're actually (laughs) a lot faster than everyone else. They might look at that to be like, we're pretty happy. We'll make some slow progress and kind of continue with staying at the front of the field. Whereas Mercedes are going to look at that as an absolute disaster being so far off the pace that their rate of development and almost desire and motivation to get up to the pace could see them make bigger jumps. So that uh, earlier on into the championship that we might expect, fingers crossed being a Lewis fan, that we see them actually catching up with Ferrari and Red Bull.
2: I think the rate of development, which is something we mentioned in the season preview, it is going to be crazy Mm. this year. And I think we do have a chance, you know, if there's going to be such unpredictability like we've seen today and Mercedes are going to be able to steal a third and a fourth every now and again, then heck, they've got a chance of staying in the hunt. But let's not forget before the safety car, they were 30 odd seconds off the pace and, and they weren't. In a it, position it, it, to
1: challenge. That's exactly it. But is it a is it a case of tortoise and the hair? <laughs> the hair runs off, but it's unreliable and a fragile piece. Oh my I mean, when do we come onto that? Because that's <laughs> gonna be the talking point, <laughs> shortly But because, I just want I wanna pick up on something you just said very quickly
2: before that. Go on. Because you mentioned that they're gonna use this as a test bed to learn so much, right? And yeah. I think for me, more than the close racing, the biggest thing I learned tires, mm. did it not feel mm. like complete, mm. like yeah. mayhem yeah. and unpredictability around tires. Well, they, not, go
1: on, go, ahead, go ahead.
2: No, as I say, like, not only do they know what, what tires to pick, people were going on tires and going "Let's get me off these. And a thousand stops for each team and driver, the stops weren't that quick. Some with tires were faster. And it was like they were sort of using the tires. I didn't hear too much about tire management, but then it meant they were burning through them so quickly they had to come back in. And yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I'm going to just say as a viewer, I really enjoyed it because if that was a one-stop race, which we may have seen last snow year before, fest. I think Procession. it could have been a snorfest. Mm. But the Leclerc-Verstappen oh, battles... Oh, there's so much to talk about. The oh. more the
1: more that you say, I feel like this podcast could go on to the midnight.
2: <laughs> it shouldn't because Vicky's already glaring at me saying, I need to get in the kitchen, hurry up. <laughs> but no, it, in, in uh, uh, not, not jesting, um, <laughs> it created so many moments of excitement uh, and especially with the safety car at the end, people diving back in again and different strategies. So, I hope the teams aren't going to be classic Formula 1 teams and go, Figure it out. Well, figure it out or complain and say yeah, we need time yeah, that yeah. last longer. I think if they can keep some of that uncertainty and tithing will be brilliant. But you're right, they're going to be figuring it out. There's going to be moments where some teams are going to be doing four stop strategies. Some teams are going to be doing one. But that's what we want. Mm. I, I personally loved that. Yeah. But that was just one element of yeah. what we discovered <laughs> during this race and this race weekend. So you touched on it the fact that the cars looked at the front, like they all had their front (laughs) lift up. In general, how did you feel about seeing the cars on track this weekend?
1: Epic. You loved it? it was going back to what I said in the uh, previous episode, which is kind of like making the jump between PS4 and PS5. So you get the new console and you've got these crisp graphics. I genuinely could feel the new era, I could see it in front of me, I could see the cars going around. And yeah, other than the fact that they look a little bit high on the front, I loved the rear wing. I enjoyed the fact that it seemed like there was more wheel-to-wheel action. There was a lot of commentary around the fact that they were worried worried that DRS was gonna be too powerful, but it didn't seem to be the case. And we got so many moments, not just Leclerc versus Max, but all the way back through the grid, there were some really exciting moments where you were seeing cars overtaking other cars in places that a year ago, two years ago, you would never have seen. I agree with
2: everything you're saying, except one thing. Or well, I'm gonna say something which maybe will shock you or you'll
1: disagree with. How me. many crypto ads were on cars? <laughs> a <laughs> a knew lot. P-
2: I knew you'd pick <laughs> up on that.
1: I think the cars look slow. Really? Do you I not actually think, think- that? the way that they're filmed and shot in however many frames per second. No,
2: I actually think they looked a bit big and clunky and slow. Mm -hmm. I think at times, certain angles, certain shots were impressive. I agree. I love the rear diffuser. I actually love any shot from the rear. I think the cars look mega because they're so sucked into the ground, but these huge gaping holes of air and the sparks flying. I think from the rear, they look fantastic. And some of the action was good, but... Even the Leclerc-Verstappen battle, I thought it felt like it was at half speed. Like, hmm. in the Maybe slower corners. TV. No,
1: were you no. we having problems with buffering? We on 4G? No, 4G no. Sky go? I just Why don't you call up Leclerc? But they are asking, slower. Like they, uh, but they are slower. Ask him whether it felt slow. right?
2: <laughs> Fundamentally, they are slower in the slow corners. They're heavier. They're bigger. The hubcap, especially if they've got lights or design on them, especially the Alfa Romeo, because mm, that white spinning. Mm. It. I, I don't know, like... There Don't was basically there was too one. much
1: turn one action.
2: No, just in general, I just thought the cars looked a okay. bit cumbersome. Go and watch F3 and then watch F1. Well, but F okay, watch F2 and then watch F1. I don't know if it would be quite as different as it used to be. And let's not forget, they are two, three seconds off the pace from last year. That is considerable. That is basically F1 to F2. Last year, F2 weren't that far off.
1: I don't think our eyes would be able to pick up a two-second difference in those cars. Obviously, yours have. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, I'll tell you what, but it's Formula One. They looked mega. I love the way the cars look, Mm. and I do like this new era. You're right, the front ride height's a bit odd and takes a little bit getting used to. But in general,
1: I Mm. liked it. I just thought they looked a bit clunky. I, I like the fact that each car is um distinct distinctively different. As it's in, totally like unique. The the side pods, the cooling systems. It's nice to see different designs on the cars so that it's not just like, oh well, that's a Alpha because of delivery. Yeah. Every car looks different, looks which is quite cool. Unique. To see how each car's uh, each team's interpreted. Uh, the new regulations.
2: Absolutely. And I think as well, we're seeing characteristics of so the Red Bull clearly insane the <laughs> in straight line. Oh my God. Yeah. Terrifying. The Ferrari seems like a sort of all round package. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Mercedes would have been pleased with their race pace. Okay, fine. They were 30 seconds off the, uh, the Red Bulls and the Ferraris at one stage, but actually I think they'll be mm. fairly happy with that, weirdly enough. Um, further down the field, as we've spoken about, McLaren and, and Aston Martin shockers, has delivering <laughs> on mm. Magnussen's yeah. promise. Yeah. promise. <laughs> so I think as a whole there's lots to be positive about with 2022. It was just the start. I mean, next weekend we go to Jeddah. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be interesting because we all know what that race was like last year. <laughs> and I was there. Um, but, you know, so we've got a lot of a long way to go until we really figure out what this season's going to look like. True pecking order. The rate development teams being able to catch up. I I would assume the beast that Mercedes is, mm. they will essentially launch a B car by the time we get to, to barcelona yeah like i think we've got a a tough time for them for the first five six races of the year but by the time we get to the the european season
1: i'm gonna be i think going back to what you were talking about with the pit stops and the way that the tires kind of just faded away and drivers just using 100 percent of the tires without really thinking about tire management the one thing that i picked up on again it was either crofty or probably was martin brundle because the way that they were talking about how the pit stops, they were able to predict that you were going to lose 20, 25 seconds per pit stop. Now they're saying you almost have to cool the car down on the in-lap. Then you've got to take into consideration that your pit stop might be a little bit slower. And then your out-lap, you're not getting any heat into the tyres. So there's such a huge variation now in each pit stop that the strategies are going to be so hard to calculate that actually I think this year we're going to see a lot of teams getting strategies wrong and therefore provide some really exciting on-track battles and uh, some real sort of like big talking points. Absolutely, you're so right, because there was so much... Paul oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. dro- dropping his drink in his
2: lap. Um, so much inconsistency with, with the time that pit stops took, from 2.3 seconds up to 4.8. You know, yeah, outlaps that amazing scene of everyone Really, pussyfooting around, yeah, yeah, on their tires on the Allap, which was so good to well, see. Lewis on the hards was just like I went uncontrollable, straight on, like, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So drove like a true AMG.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope that these things, yes, the teams get on top of, it, but remain elements of uncertainty and excitement because you know, in a new era, you want that, but you don't want it to be so figured out that mm. it disappears. So let's wait and see, but. We can't, or I can't necessarily breathe a sigh of relief and go, yes, Leclerc's champion, it's done. (laughs) Because, you know, firstly, first race curse, uh, I think the last four years, five years maybe, winner of the first race has not won the championship. So, (laughs) woohoo! But also so much still to happen. Before we do our traditional, because if you haven't listened to this podcast before, maybe you're new to F1, after Drive to Survive, maybe you're just new to the After the Checker Flag series here on the podcast. uh, What we tend to do is review each driver's race kind of in reverse order. So we look at the finishing order, we go from last to first, and just kind of slightly mention some drivers we don't talk a lot about. (laughs) And if there's a big drama, sometimes we don't do that at all, we just talk about drama. And actually in honour of that, I wanted to talk about Max versus Charles before we do the running order. Because yes, over here, Mr. I love you, Sean. I've got a lot I want to say. Um, And can I just clarify very quickly, because I know a lot of you that have followed Seen Through Glass for years uh, on all different social media platforms will know that I am a Hamilton fan. I Mm. continue to be a Lewis Hamilton fan, always have been. I, when it comes to Formula One, support drivers. That's Mm. always been the case for me. me And I I think most people Mm. do. When it comes to teams, I flip and vary depending on where the driver yeah, is, like yeah, who yeah, the yeah. drivers are and where the drivers are. So Ferrari was my first love, and as you all know, is my love in terms of road cars. And I've always appreciated the team, but when Alonso was there, I wasn't that keen on Ferrari. When Kimi Räikkönen was fa- facing Lewis Hamilton, I wasn't that keen on Ferrari. But the minute Leclerc came in and joined <laughs> Ferrari, I have been saying over and over again, I am back on board Forza Ferrari. And I still want Hamilton to win the championship this year, of course, but give my man as, ma- as many wins as possible. Yes, just, without, no.
1: just without winning the world championship. <laughs> no, Give
2: him a championship winning car. And I'm going to come out and say, I think he's going to be near on unbeatable. I'm just really? going to come out and say it because look at his build up to formula one. He won everything straight away. Yeah, And yeah, demo- yeah. like, not just one, like,
1: Oh uh, yeah. You know, I won
2: three races. Like he
1: just demolished everyone and everything. There was a few formula one races that I attended when Leclerc was in F2. And he was like the standout golden child. The, it was the first time that I actually even recognised that there were support races on an F1 weekend. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, this guy's kind of good. Yeah.
2: And you can tell by his smile since Saturday more, he can't stop smiling in all the yeah. interviews. You can just see his face is like, oh shit, it's mm. happening. I'm with you. There are some cheeks in the armour. <laughs> I watch him with the sort of, you know, nervous energy thinking- <laughs> watching him from behind the sofa. Yeah, when he's his-
1: leading a Grand Prix, you kind of like peeking
2: from the back of the sofa. He could be it, but- <laughs> I thought today we saw the the Leclerc that I've had faith in, the Leclerc I need, the Leclerc I want to win a championship, and if Hamilton and Mercedes aren't going to be able to catch up and fight, the guy that I'm fully behind, because head-to-head with Verstappen, he gave nothing away. Mm. We're going to come on and talk about what we both agreed was disastrous tactics and racecraft from Verstappen. Mm. We're not Verstappen haters. No, no but wait until we discuss it. (laughs) Um, But Leclerc, it was a masterclass. Faultless. Faultless. From start to finish. Safety car restart, that duel with Verstappen, he kept his head cool, knew where to position his car on that very first duel going down to turn four, that little turn to the inside, that little twitch,
0: just <laughs> yeah, to say yeah. to Max,
2: watch out, mate. Like, you're not lunging in here. Yeah, like,
1: watch out. I'm out of control.
2: Which we could argue Hamilton didn't do enough of last year. And yeah. even Hamilton's come out and said, yeah. I need to be more aggressive. Mm. Like, I need to, to get my elbows out more. Uh, and he was being too gentlemanly at times and letting Verstappen run
1: running away with it. Well, but now the grid have seen how, what Max is is capable of doing. Maybe they've adjusted their race, and I think they said it after Brazil, didn't they? Yeah, a lot of drivers came. Drive yeah, we're going to drive yeah. differently now, um, which has raised the stakes. It's exciting.
2: And I think that's what Shaw were doing. I think he was yeah. just giving him a little, like, <laughs> heads up, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Traction's we- <laughs> fully
1: off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we mustn't forget, these two
2: have been racing for years and years. Their sort of uh, single seater career went in slightly different ways. And, of course, Max has been in Formula One now for donkey's donkeys years. <laughs> um, but they've known each other for a long time, and there are some amazing clips of them online. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's talk about Max for a 2nd
1: because I've just said that he's a vet in Formula 1, but he didn't drive like
2: it that <laughs> oh, no, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> just to clarify once again, we are not Verstappen haters. We are Hamilton fans. We've said it many times before. And we didn't like Verstappen at many points last year. But he was a worthy champion, and we've applauded you know him many I times. Think is,
1: going back to drivers versus teams, I actually think I've got something against Red Bull because I don't like their drink. <laughs> because I, oh, re- I don't like Christian Horner, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't. Yeah, no, know. no. But like anyone attached to the Red Bull team, I kind of feel like, huh? Because I didn't really like Vettel when he was in the Red Bull car. Sure, didn't really like uh the color Signs, yeah, Toro also, yeah. like every time I saw that Red Bull livery on a car, I just kind of just Ugh. yeah, Small. like I kind of like turn my back on whoever was driving that car. And I've got nothing against Verstappen as a driver and as a person. I mean, we kind of have talked about. Various moments last season where we had moments with him. Um, And my fiance I can't even say girlfriend now because she'll kill me, um, loves Max Verstappen. So does my wife, which is why we've (laughs) closed the doors so she can't hear the next part because there was some uh, tete-a-tete, I would say,
2: watching the race today. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I kind of picked up on it. The moment that Leclerc got the position back after the Turn 1 lunge, which, by the way, was classic Max. Super ballsy from miles back. Love to see it. Love to see it. But when Leclerc got the got it back, got the position back after the second DRS thing, I was like, oh, so all he has to do next time round is not overtake him down the home start finish straight, line him up for the ne- next DRS straight, and he's got the position. And then all of a sudden, you can tire management, you can calm down a little bit, and not necessarily have to worry about being overtaken again. What did he do? The same move as the one before. Next lap, what did he do? The same move as the one before. And I was like, <laughs> It's, it was so surprising because I mean we
2: are not racing drivers. <laughs> yeah, what's he doing? We're definitely not even experts. But if we're sitting there being like, mate, surely if you just waited and sat behind Leclerc through turn one and two, by the time you get to turn four, you can have a pretty good run on the guy. <laughs> yeah. And we saw other drivers doing it fairly effectively. Yeah, and it seemed quite surprising that Max wasn't thinking of that and was making the same mistake for three or four laps in a row, clearly getting frustrated mm. by it, so much so to the point that he then does a massive lockup- And ruins his tires. And ruins his tires. Oh, yeah. and it, it was a very, it came across as being very unintelligent racing at that point. Now, I think, I like to think for-
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com.
2: Burrow is a furniture
0: company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection.
2: Ryan Leclerc had the pace advantage anyway. I think you're right. I, I, and I think Max saw
1: that, like, okay, I've, I've got this moment. I've got, I've got to do it. I've like, just got to get past him. Like, mm. if I get past him, I can control it. I've just got to get past him. I wonder if the second straight is... It, obviously, it's not as long as the first straight, but maybe he thought he wouldn't have got the job done on the second straight. So he, maybe. Ne- he needed to make that move into turn one. I think he thought, I've got such a straight line speed yeah. advantage. This is where I'm going to be able to do it.
2: But after two failed attempts, at least try something different in <laughs> the third. Like, yeah. a- And as I said, we saw so many other drivers doing this. And And if I'm critical of Max, I would say that this tends to be his tendency, which can sometimes reap big rewards for him, where he's just like all in straight away, just get the move done. Yeah, like, like I'm the, coming through, elbows a, out. The, the classic
1: center quote, there's a gap I'm going to go for. Yeah,
2: it. 100%, which has worked from time and time again. Hey, he's a world champion mm. now. So I get that. But at the same time, if you look at many other drivers, Alonso, Button, I'm thinking of people from the previous eras, uh, Weber, of course, Hamilton, Rosberg, um, who in the field nowadays? Ricardo, maybe. I don't know really size up their component and will use laps to judge where the weakness is. We'll try and overtake them and try.
1: But Max is just kind of like, no, it's yeah, just going to yeah, get past. Yeah, yeah. And so quite a one-dimensional yeah, and I style of driving. Charles was like, all oh, right, mate. Carry on. <laughs> like, I think the second and third time, Max, Charles was waiting for him to yeah, lunch. Yeah, like, yeah, it was a bit like, come on, mate. Yeah, so that he knew that he could get the best exit out of turn two.
2: And then we hear on the radio, <laughs> and... A surprisingly irate max like I think after qualifying he seemed fairly pissed off mm-hmm. I think his mood was everyone was picking up on lot in the paddock he didn't seem very content he went into the race again seeing a seeming a bit off not particularly chirps like this is the world you're world champion now, yeah, yeah. Like, it's the first race of the year like everyone else is in high spirits and then Over the radio, there's commands like, I'm never going to do such a slow app again. I'm never listening to you again. This is ridiculous. At one
1: point, I think he said, what the F is this? And this is the guy who got you to a world championship last year, mate. So yeah. just hold your breath for two seconds. And also, like, you've just signed a massively long contract. Like <laughs> he just was been... all a bit like, dude. Like it's yeah. the first race <laughs> yeah. of the year. I love his competitive attitude. Yeah. Don't, don't go wrong. The
2: bits I like about Verstappen is his balls to the wall style nature at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the moves that he can pull, his raw pace, and the fact that he's just a bit petulant and be like, yeah, let's Isn't go. Just for just it. No, no BS. No BS. But at the same time, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then obviously when things started to go wrong. He was flapping. He mm. was flapping. And, you know, hey, look, we've heard Hamilton. We've heard Ricardo, We've heard a lot of the great drivers flap when stuff uh, yeah, goes down. I, th- I think
1: elite athletes and non-elite athletes have a, f- a fair amount of moaning.
2: But I don't know. I wasn't expecting a different Verstappen at all. I was just surprised to hear what I what we heard from him and see what we saw from him in this first race. And if we go back to Bahrain last year, we now know that, a similar sort of mistake or similar mentality lost him that race. Mm. You know, the move around Hamilton, we all, and where he gave the position back to Hamilton, everyone analyzed and said that was the worst place to give the position back. Like he lost. So I don't know. Like, I don't think the guy has to change. He's won a world championship. I haven't. I'm not going to tell him how to go <laughs> driving. But there were just moments where if I was Charles Leclerc, I'd be going. Oh, sick!
1: I like, <laughs> yeah. got this guy if covered. This, like if this is what I've got to deal is, with. Yeah, it, I can deal with this all day long. Literally, that's <laughs>
2: for me as a Leclerc fan and as a Hamilton fan. I was like, oh, sick! Like we're good because I went into that race being like, once Verstappen's on it,
1: I'm a bit worried about yeah. Charlie. Like yeah.
2: it's been a while since it's been my. I, it. I I,
1: I back Verstappen to get Leclerc into the first corner and then just drive off. Yeah. Well, I, was, I was more. I didn't play. happen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, of course, we have to touch on the fact that, you know, they're double retirement
2: for Red Bull. Fairly shocking. Mm. Now, in testing, Perez's car, at least, wasn't that reliable. So, there is a potential that this is going to be a very fast but slightly fragile car from Red Bull. I'm saying it's a fuel pump. Super weird fuel pump issue, which. Is an FIA part, and I've already seen the conspiracy theories going mad. So maybe by the time this goes out, people uh-huh. are going to be all in on the conspiracy yeah. theories. I love a conspiracy. Oh, theories. oh yes. <laughs> but let's not forget they've switched now to this synthetic fuel or some parts of the, fuel yeah, of the E10, yeah. like we get the pumps here in the UK. And there were a lot of questions. Did you hear something go weird? Oh, that's, that's my I'm that's pray. my uh, vehicle tracker. <laughs> Slightly worried. Your car is on the move. I'm going to say vehicle <laughs> safe, Vicky. <laughs>
1: Is the RS6 outside? Is the RS6
2: outside? It's got a notification from my tracker saying that it's disappeared.
1: You did say that it's on a bit of a delay, but that's quite- It is a, on a bit of delay. It's quite but a large delay.
2: Is it here? Okay. I'm good. I mean, she hasn't come running in like flapping her arms, like <laughs> Team America style. It's still here? Okay, I'm getting a thumbs up. The car's still here. Phew. Um, but yeah, so so there was a lot of talk before the race that E10 Fuel may- May sort of cause some issues. We'll wait and find out. But pretty shocking for a double retirement. Mm. Very exciting yeah, <laughs> in those I mean, final yeah, few yeah. laps. Yeah. Without the issues, do you think Verstappen would have got Leclerc?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't
2: think so. No. At that point of the race, I mean, race, he, got,
1: he definitely would have got a podium.
2: He definitely would have got a podium. But at that point of the race, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty happy that Leclerc's got I, this I was sort ba- of I was Backing it, yeah. Um, okay, so now we've got that out of the way, let's review some, <laughs> some drivers' we, yeah, races. we've got here. the slagging Verstappen off out of the way.
1: <laughs> no, And I promise that's
2: not the year we're set
1: for, but no, no, no we, how we, we feel. We, we, we've said we're going to remain as unbiased as possible. Yeah, we were just however, analysing. However, when someone like Verstappen <laughs> drives like that,
2: <laughs> we'll call him out on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone Mac, else drove perfectly. And
2: yeah. Max, if you want to come on this podcast and defend yourself,
1: Yeah, we'll fly to through. Monaco. We'll fly to Monaco. We'll do a podcast.
2: (laughs) Not going (laughs) to happen.
1: Why? I bet he goes like, oh, those behind the glass guys are... No, 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 he runs in vaporflies. flies I, I've got a pair of vaporflies too like we're we could oh, mate, go we get could get go running buddies. don't get nerdy about running
2: um, so Pierre Gasly Alpha Tauri obviously had a unfortunate fire big mm. fire actually first mm. time we've seen one in a while it was a big fire but was running strong he's running in the points for most of the race I think yeah. Alpha Tauri look solidly midfield at the moment Gasly mm. I think I would hope later in the year might be able to pull out a few results but just just solid <laughs> <laughs>
1: at least they don't have a Merck engine <laughs> literally
2: because as we mentioned Hulkenberg Latifi Norris Ricardo, Albon Stroll uh, basically also ran. You know, Albon did have that very strong qualifying, I think, in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. I saw some great tweets yeah. being like, maybe George Russell isn't that special because <laughs> yeah, Albon's yeah, just come back from yeah, a year yeah. off <laughs> and has also out-qualified Latifi by a second. So yeah, I think maybe that's what's being highlighted. Firstly, let's not forget Albon is a fantastic driver mm-hmm. and maybe on a similar level as George Russell, if we judge, I think, by the junior series. I think we can suggest that Albon was a championship contender yeah, yeah. in Russell's. Uh,
1: uh, well, look, he got he, got he got a
2: red ball seat before Russell got a merch. Yeah, there. so you know, so we shouldn't knock Albon at all. But it's a similar sort of, you know, I think mm-hmm. performance uh, difference between those two. Uh, Ricardo finishing ahead of Norris, I think, was just I don't even know how that happened. If I'm honest, do we, but. Do
1: we, I don't know. I, but mean, I, don't, I don't think it's necessary it's to comment. It's just oh, sad. It's just really actually
2: really because. The tra- tra- trajectory, trajectory, wow. trajectory, traject, tra- tra- trajectory, trajectory of McLaren at the mm. end of last year. Shoo. Zach Brown, Ricardo, Norris, victories, podiums. They got the IndyCar. They got the extreme. E- I was like, "Wow, <laughs> let's go and buy." It. Actually, let's not. Um, <laughs> and I, I just don't see them coming back from this. I will, I will eat. I will eat something I don't like. I don't know what. I'll have a Red Bull okay if if i'll have a red bull if mclaren you,
1: you wild man can
2: can get it back from <laughs> So here, I, there's I, a I there's think a conspiracy
1: that i'm going to drop in now you know last Ooh. year i came up with the aston martin safety car theory yeah which actually kind of proved sure. to be more real what if uh, this entire season is for netflix oh uh, well you know, you know actually, you're not the first people to say that but episode one mclaren at the back disastrous but by the end of the season they've come and won the world championship the constructors championship and everyone is popping bottles in uh, woking if that happens i'll leave the sport yep I don't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even in the sport no, and i'll but- leave it <laughs> dramatic <laughs> headline <laughs> random commentator but i was watching like the mid, the mid part of this race going huh After the 15 laps, just to see the cars dynamically moving, seeing some of them follow, then the pits, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be really, really exciting. And then it kind of just like faded into another Formula 1 race and everything just started to get stretched out. Then, Boom, safety car, and I'm thinking, Oh Netflix, you, yeah. s- you <laughs> sneaky buggers! You know what I was going to say.
2: I said it to Vicky at the time. I was like, "If Verstappen wins this, I'm going to go in on the tweet of like." <laughs> so that's how Verstappen wins races, eh? Yeah, Causes yeah, made yeah, to the yeah, FIA, yeah. gets a safety car out. Uh, However, karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was a little bit of karma this race. But, um, so yeah, I mean, all those also rans, I don't have anything really to say. No. Like, I, oh, I just the McLaren thing just cuts me so deep. Mm. So let's move on. Mick Schumacher, mm. this is going to be a tough one for me. Because we all, well, we said, and we all think, we all thought, Lars is has disaster. Mm. All Mick needs to do, keep his head down, just, mm. you know. Finish race, Bring the car home.
1: Laps under his belt.
2: So this year, suddenly, according to Kevin Magnussen, <laughs> has got a pretty good car. <laughs> according to Mick Schumacher, no, they don't. <laughs> I'm worried for Mick now because, you know, he didn't have the most convincing... Uh, ride up to F1, Uh, but he did win championships. Um, He obviously only had Mazepin to pace himself against last year and he'd beat Mazepin, not necessarily massively convincingly, but he did beat him. And Magnussen, who's been away from the sport for a year, did one day of testing, Mm. has walked in, qualifies the car in top 10, finishes P5, looks like an amazing sort of, you know, dynamic driver. And Mick Schumacher is basically floundering out of the points for most of the race. Mm. I mean, he finishes here th- 16 seconds, 17 seconds behind Magnussen when Off there are only five car. laps of safety car racing. Yeah, I- I'm concerned for Mick and what this will do for him because I think I think Magnussen is going to walk all over him. And what does that say for Schumacher's career? Yeah. Not a lot. Mm. A shame,
1: other, but other than he is still incredibly new to the sport, and we have to remember that. Nah, no, no, no,
2: no, no, no. He's had a year under his belt. Yeah, and I mean, no, come no. On. Okay, prime example: Guan Yu Joe, yeah, or Joe Guan Yu. Yeah, that was um, confusing. Yeah, so so Sam at my studio, yeah. uh, Kings of the World Frontier, who used to be Danny Rick's trainer, Carlos Science trainer, blah blah, has been training Joe for. <laughs>
1: Let me just pick up all of these names off the floor. Yes,
2: yes. Just <laughs> dropping it for a sec. Kings of the Wild Frontier. Great player. Um he's been, he's been in footage on the main channel. Anyway, long story short. So, Gran has mm. been around for, for a long time in and around Duke of London in the studio and coming for training. And I'm pretty sure on Formula 2, they called him Gran And, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this next bit. Anyway, I always think of him as Gran and then suddenly he turns up on the phone. And I was like, "Oh, Jo Guan Yu." But then his name is Joe. On the, anyway, let's. I'm going to go with Grand Yu Joe for now. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I think he had an impressive debut as a rookie. That's his first ever race against Bottas, proven race winner in a car that was faster than they expected in a new era, new season. Okay, fine. He's finished twenty three to sixteen. Uh, seven seconds off Bottas again after the City Cup period and he's 10th where Bottas is 6th but that's points on a debut he was in the action we saw him getting his elbows out and so for Mick Schumacher I don't think there's any excuses you can be a rookie and be competitive and make an impact and Leclerc did it at Sauber Alonso did it at Minardi Ocon did it at Force India there's, there's plenty of stories of rookies making an impact and for me Mick needs to get on that Magnussen pace he should be at the same pace as Magnussen straight away Come if on, he's going to be in, anything, come
1: on then, Mick. Come on then, Mick. Hurry, hurry up! If you're watching, pick it up. So I'll, I'll back you if he won't. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> Ten, as I mentioned, Guan <laughs> Yu,
2: Joe Guan Yu, uh, in the blue. Zhou Guan Yu, Guanyu? Guan Yu, or Guan Yu, Zhou Guan
1: Just have to like actually get used to saying that because I'll say this bit. It Doesn't oh, roll no. off your tongue. I'll does tell it?
2: you. In, I'll tell you something afterwards, and then okay. you'll
1: remember. You'll remember it. Just whisper it into the mic.
2: <laughs> well, no, but just think of it as Joe, but with the ZH. Joe. 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 And if you just say Joe, then you can I just it. say Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'll tell you the bit.
1: Okay.
2: Anyway. Um, yeah. So 10th solid, absolutely beautiful. Alfa Romeo. Fantastic. Uh, Fernando Alonso, P9 mm. solid. Just like yeah. the Alpha Tauri, solid. Yeah. You know? Sure. is what it is. Um, Yuki Tsunoda solid. Alpha Tauri, P8. Not got mm. a lot to say. <laughs> Esteban seven seven. This is great content, P9. isn't it? <laughs> P7, sorry, Alpine. Like, but no, genuinely, There's- that midfield group, because also, let's face it, without the retirements that we had, they are right at the tail end of the points. Yeah. And we did see a lot of action. Can I just say one thing quickly? I thought the TV direction for this race was... Mm atrocious, a long disaster. I saw more Alfa Romeo Williams battles <laughs> than when Hamilton was chasing down Perez <laughs> yeah, or yeah. you know, Verst- I've got Verstappen climbing out of a car when there's action for the lead <laughs> there, of the race there, like- like-
1: there was a lot of times I had to refer back to what was going on, on the left to see whether people were in the DRS zone because it was like they were kind of focusing on battles that Didn't need, yeah. It was, it was Uh, strange. And
2: when the Leclerc Verstappen stops were happening, where was our driver tracker map to know where where Verstappen was all cut away to the like? I was like, come on! So, TV direction disaster. So, I feel like I saw a lot of this midfield action, wasn't particularly excited by most of it. Yeah, and all the results I think are solid. I think Alpine will be happy, double points finished seventh and ninth. Alfatari without that Gasly retirement, I think, would have done well. Yeah, so like they're all, they've all performed well. Bottas. I think driver of the weekend, probably. Yeah, yeah, P6 he came away with. I mean, a terrible
1: start. Terrible but, start. But, but classic but Bottas. Classic Bottas is literally that like, <laughs> meme of him holding the beard Traditions. <laughs> literally like, classic Bottas, but, but pulled pull yeah. it back. P6, and he, he must be ecstatic. Yeah, I think he must yeah. be. Thank God. Uh, considering their testing. Oh, their testing was a disaster. We were talking to me like, well, he's going to be building a team around him. Maybe it's a five to 10 year plan. Boom, P6. Legend. <laughs> K Mag
2: though, yeah. I mean, I say boss driver of the weekend It's probably going to be Magnuson. Mm. If you're Kevin Magnuson, are you just not on the high of a lifetime mm. right now? Are you not thinking this is the i have just living my best life?
1: I think it will be a case of he obviously lost out to his seat, lost out his seat to um, Mazepin. yeah Mazepin, and just kind of got booted out because of the money. And now coming back, he will be going to bed being like, look at me now yeah literally yeah yeah and i think it's like no f's he'll be, given yeah he'll be so pumped i think he was going into that race with really not that much to lose actually like he only had stuff to gain yeah. because the car was so bad last year even if he'd bought that car home in like p14 they'd be like oh that was a pretty good weekend for us literally he is there just to have fun yeah if i was him and i think he said as much and he
2: seems like it. he's a different magnuson in interviews yeah He's just like... No pressure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I never thought I was going to be back in Formula One. Like, I didn't yeah, think that was yeah. going to happen. And I'm back in the house and I'm P5. Like, <laughs> yeah. what a legend. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> honestly, I mean, proper hero. Go on, K-Man.
1: Let's hope he just continues to get into the points.
2: And it shows, actually, and we were having this slight argument with Tony that real drive, like properly talented drivers can deliver, mm. can turn up and deliver, and it does make the difference in the car, and unfortunately, to just to bash Mick again, even though I did want, I had such hopes for Mick. I'm, I'm still with you, come Mick. Come on, Mick, you can come do on. it. Come um, on. <laughs> point proven, you know, maybe last year, Hass would have delivered some slightly better results if they had Magnuson in the car. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there is a difference between a great driver and a good driver, and all these Formula 1 drivers are good, mm. 100%. But Magnuson is just proven what a theoretically great job and, and he's probably not even on the level i don't think of a leclerc of a science of a norris of a verstappen of a hamilton of an alonso um
1: so yeah anyway fantastic. i actually think there was a conversation at one point that i had with a few shall we say elite racing drivers like um le Mans drivers yeah. um and actually jensen Button was in the conversation oh. so. yeah. sorry i'll just pick that name off <laughs> yeah. um and they said hulkenberg was like one of the most naturally fastest drivers mm. that has just never had the opportunity of getting into the car. But then weird to think that KMAG got in that car and did that and Hulkenberg got in. Does the that Aston. prove how bad the Aston is? Yeah. To I mean, an you know, extent? the car's a huge part
2: of it. As we've always known, this is Formula 1. It's a team sport. It's about building the quickest car and putting the quickest driver in that car. And Hamilton is not going to win a race in an Aston Martin this year. Mm. Like Hamilton's not going to win a race in an Alpine. It's not going to happen. But they those drivers can bring additional performance to cars, can get the most out of a car, and over years can hopefully move a car forward up the grid. That's, that's what we see. Um, but yeah, you're kidding yourself if you're sitting here going, it's all down to the driver. It's not. And, um, but, but Magnussen clearly can eke out performance that a Schumacher can't. Yeah. Um, Mick Schumacher. Uh, <laughs> so before I saw you getting so, you are like, oh, here's my moment. Yes. <laughs> Trash, Michael. Uh, Cheat. P4, Georgie Russell. Um, We have to say that because who... who, I think it was Will Buxton. Georgie Georgie Russell. Um, Solid recovery from George. I think he would have been... I think he was uh upset with his qualifying p9 messed up his tire preparation the internet went to
1: town ripping mm. him apart uh i perfect didn't... opportunity in the grand scheme of how yeah. much he's been elevated up onto a pedestal the golden child of mercedes finally getting his seat obviously he had that bahrain moment when lewis tested positive and he should like kind of got like um his, well, his win stripped away from yeah should have won the race a, sure. a little bit heart-wrenching for those that were george russell fans but um I think he was kind of always setting himself up to this sort of huge amount of pressure and comparing that to a different sport. If you look at how the Brits and the media would hype Wimbledon waiting for another British tennis player to bring the Wimbledon um, men's championship more than women's championship home um, and I remember listening to interviews with like Tim Henman being like, "That just the pressure is insane going into that weekend. That it's just too, hard, too much to handle. The same with the England football team. The amount of media hype that builds up to these big, big tournaments. Um, it's almost too hard to deliver. And I think with George, we probably did see a little crack considering the age that he's at and the opportunity that he has. He's probably come into that realisation to be like, oh my God, it all comes down to this and he's probably had quite a lot in his brain whilst uh, he's doing that qualifying lap
2: yeah I think that he just he just messed up his preparation I, I wonder I would hope the pressure didn't get to him like that I, I just think he just messed it up like like we, we've seen all different drivers get it wrong over time I think there's more to come from Russell this year mm. I think we'll see him get closer and closer to Lewis Um, I think it was a actually a fairly solid first race. Yeah. You know, he's, he's right there. He's people, yeah. that's, what he, that's where Mercedes need him and want him to be. He finishes a couple of seconds behind Hamilton. Yeah, We don't know what the management was between those two. Hamilton did look like he had the better pace in the race. And he did of course in qualifying, but I think they will be fairly evenly matched. And if they're going to try and push that team forward, this is what they need because yeah. there we are. The Red Bulls have a retirement. They're third and fourth. Yeah, they're yeah. nailing those points. So if by the European season, they can suddenly get on their pace, at least they're both there scoring points for the constructor. So I think a solid job for him. Uh, and, and he'll be happy. Yeah, I was going to say, he'll
1: definitely be happy after after today.
2: Probably not as happy as Lewis Hamilton because the <laughs> smile on that man's face, on that, but he was like, guys, what's this show? What's <laughs> yeah. up, man, Carlos? Great to see you here. <laughs> this grape juice tastes like crap. Huh? Like, you know, <laughs> let's get some champagne later. <laughs> I think he was so ecstatic with yeah. what had happened because for sure, as we say, middle of the race, 30-odd seconds off the pace, sort of look like the wrong call to go on the hard tyres. There were moments at the start where he looked a bit racy, Mm. whether they were burning out their tyres or what it was, but very after about four or five laps, they seemed to drop back. Yeah, Yeah, they seemed to drop back. So, solid for him. Tony, the ultimate Lewis Hamilton fan, was straight on the WhatsApp, pay free for Lewis in the (laughs) slowest car on the grid. Ultimate GOAT. It wasn't the slowest car on the grid. I don't actually think...
1: He's not a Lewis Hamilton fan. He's a, he's a champion of his driving ability. He sees him as uh, the greatest of all time as a driver. I wouldn't class him as a Lewis Hamilton fan. No, fair, fair. He, he, he likes that he's the best. but therefore and he'll probably argue with us a lot to say that he's not a fan of Lewis.
2: But he also won't therefore admit when Lewis isn't. Yes, true. Because, you know, he just is is, so blinkered. He's very
1: biased.
2: Totally biased and blinkered. Lewis,
1: oh, it's fine, Lewis is great. (laughs) There's a chance he might get this one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so, solid result for Lewis, great for him. Um, I think he probably saw like the role reversal mm -hmm. kind of from what he experienced in Abu Dhabi to then kind of just be not getting a result from this weekend as such to then see the problems with the red Bull after the safety car, going past Verstappen, seeing Perez spin in front of him. He probably got to the end of that race to be like... Oh my god I've made it onto the podium where I shouldn't really have yeah, been here. He
2: was P5 wasn't yeah, he? He was yeah. he was a solid P5 and I think again he put they probably would have been fairly happy with that they're definitely the third fastest yes. team. That was the question I think we all had even after qualifying but going into this weekend is where the Mercedes really sit. Mm. Are they the third fastest team or actually have Haas, Alpha Romeo and that lot are they going to threaten yeah. them? Where I think whilst we might have a few crazy Q3s, where we get some people ahead of the Mercedes in, in this first five races. Um, I, I think fundamentally that the, 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 they are the third fastest team. Well, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> so that leaves us with our top two. We've already spoken about Leclerc quite a lot. I say, absolutely fantastic drive. <laughs> Carlos Sainz, he talked down his weekend quite a mm. lot. Oh, tough weekend for me, mm. guys. Blah blah. But I mean, he's there, P2, and I liked his radio message saying if a bad weekend is P2, yeah. he'll take it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I... The thing I love about science is that mentality. We saw it in the McLaren years. We're seeing it at Ferrari. The man is a machine. Mm. He is on a mission. He will work his butt off. He's the
1: points collector.
2: I think Leclerc might be the relationship guy. Like, Mm. they're like, hey, we're all mates. Like, I love you, bro. Like, what's going on? Like, I speak in 55 languages. (laughs) Whereas science is like, tell me where my industry is. So they're going to do great things for that team. I cannot wait for that battle. Mm. Because at the moment, they're all matey, matey it's going to get vicious. Like those two <laughs> will end up fighting on track a lot. Oh yeah, it's probably um,
1: scripted in the Netflix. <laughs> don't start it.
2: Um, But yeah, you know, again, uh, without the retirement, I think he was fairly solid. P3 it seemed like he had Perez under control. Yeah. Um, yeah which yeah, again, no, no. is what Ferrari need from him.
1: Do you know what? There was a moment in the race, especially when Leclerc was battling with Verstappen, but then you had signs and Perez. There was a moment where I was looking over at the left at the graphics. I was looking at what was happening on track and I was actually quite happy that Lewis wasn't there. I was like, oh, I can actually... Bit different. Yeah, I can actually... um, I can get on board with this non-dominant Lewis Hamilton F1. I actually enjoyed the on-track battle. It kind of helped that I wasn't really happy either way, because if Leclerc won... You'd be really happy if, if Max won. Then it's kind of like, well, yeah, like, well, I probably would have preferred signs to win. Dominant in F one is boring, no matter yes, who you support. Exactly, you know, you know
2: we all want on track battles, and uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm sort, I'm not praying, but I'm hopeful. Mercedes can join this fight asap. Lewis can be part of this battle, and he can go out and win. And if it was Hamilton versus Leclerc for a victory, I am still going to lean towards Hamilton at this point, but. I do love Leclerc, mm. and I'd be very happy to see him.
1: Who would you back in terms of their driver ability? Ferrari and the car they've got now. Let's fast forward four races to Mercedes having a somewhat equal car to Ferrari. Oh, I think who was, would you back rather than who would you want to win? If you've
2: seen Leclerc, Verstappen, Hamilton in equal machinery, whoever's on their form that day. You yeah. know, Leclerc, Hamilton in Monza 2019, 2020? When he drove off. No, one they had that epic battle and Leclerc ended up winning but held off Hamilton for ages oh uh,
1: yes yes sorry you know yeah. I
2: like I, I think Leclerc wheel to wheel is is right I, I put those three and I have for a long time I'm sure we're spoken about it in this podcast maybe on the main show for me those are the three mm. Leclerc, Verstappen, Hamilton yeah um you know and then I think once Hamilton goes it's going to be interesting to see if it's Russell, Norris, Science. who is that sort of third contender but but those three of them are my standouts you know, in any car. Yeah. So let's wait and see. It's early days. I say, unbelievably, in a week's time, we're going to be at Jeddah <laughs> God knows what that's going to mean. Um, we I think... might have
1: to wait quite a long time to do the podcast, because oh. it's going to take quite a long time for the cars to get round. Oh, sorry. Okay, or fine. Yeah, there might not be any cars that get around and forget to the checkered I've flag. I've heard they've made some changes. <laughs> uh, so we might get an actual race. Who knows? After the checkered flag. There wasn't even a checkered flag. There's no one finished.
2: <laughs> but a very exciting way to kick off the year. Um, I think, yeah, all of our expectations were... met met or lived up to I would uh, say so yeah Yeah, absolutely so I'm glad we could find a way to record this podcast (laughs) Uh, you're getting an insight into my very unfurnished apartment at the moment because we haven't really done finished unpacking boxes so yeah Uh, anyway there you go there's a a white wall we've hidden them from you Paul we want want you to be (laughs) impressed Uh, anyway if you've enjoyed this podcast make sure to subscribe turn on notifications if you're watching here on YouTube if you want to keep following us on uh, audio only platforms that's Spotify Apple podcast really any podcast player uh, you can do just hit the follow button Uh, leave us a a review if you want, we'd love that five out of five. Yeah, if, if you feel it. like it, you can give Where Paul a, one a review on
1: Spotify, on Spotify Apple. Podcasts, a out five. Yeah. I'm supporting <laughs> Mick Schumacher this season. I'll have you know, you just want his
2: money. Uh, if you want to follow Paul, he's at Wallace PJW on most social media platforms. You've got a very exciting trip coming up soon, yes. Yeah. I have. Do I say what you no, You've got an exciting trip, it's
1: UK up. based, okay? But we're going on a little road trip, mm, check that out. And it's Aston, I uh, know oh, it's, it's merc powered, so I might be a bit slow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks for you. I'll be in the Ferrari coming <laughs> next uh, if you want to follow me.
2: I'm Seen through glass on most social media platforms. Uh, Tony and I will be back with you later this week, and we'll be back with you next week. Oh yes, post Jeddah. Bye bye.
1: Bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.